climate change, vaccines, racism, the fundamental transformation of America. All today, Eric's America. You have come to the right place. Hope you love America. Hope you're tired of the same thing all day, every day. Bringing you a different point of view. Bringing you the right point of view. From an everyday American, recorded all over. No agenda, just America. Hello and welcome in on a wonderful Tuesday. Um, I gotta get this in today and actually I won't have another episode till next Friday. Yeah, getting out of town, getting away. Um, of course I'll still be paying attention to what's going on, obviously, but, uh, yeah, um, going to enjoy the fourth, going to have a little vacation getaway, which, uh, I recommend everybody do really. I mean, everybody knows that, uh, it would be the best if we could ignore most of what's going on and not really ignore it. Just make it all go away. It would be the best, uh, and maybe not ignore it, uh, exactly. But man, if it could just go away, that would be amazing. Really amazing. But unfortunately, for now, we have to uh, have to uh, hear about all of it and try to uh, sort out what the hell is is wrong with people. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm gonna get started. I uh, I really hope everybody does have an amazing Fourth of July because it's really important. It really, really is. And uh, I didn't really mention this so much. I'm gonna address it up front. Now, I know a lot of places wanted to kind of cancel the 4th because now they have Juneteenth. And the argument for this is, well, you know, it's not truly an Independence Day until, you know, uh, everybody was free. And it doesn't really make a big, uh, a, a, a lot of sense for Juneteenth. Juneteenth, uh, for those who don't know and haven't been, uh, you know, educated. And I found out about this actually while working on the road and being in Texas in June and finding out what Juneteenth was really all about because I really hadn't heard much of it before then and find out it was when uh, slaves that were on Galveston Island finally found out, you know, because obviously 1860s, um, email wasn't a thing. Um, You know, social media, not a thing. Um, Yeah, uh, cable, not a thing. Not even a telephone. So uh, that was when the word got to Galveston Island, which uh, I don't know if you've ever been there. I have. Um, it's a little ways away from most uh, most places, uh, you know. So it took a while. Uh, so I I don't know. I, I don't know what the thing is. And they're like, well, you know, we're gonna. I, there was one place I think it was uh, Evanston, Illinois, that had their uh, Juneteenth celebration. They had their pride parade, and then they said, well, because of COVID, we can't celebrate the 4th of July. (laughs) Weird, huh? Almost like a political statement. In fact, if you're not happy about it, uh, well, here's one thing I want to let you in on. Just a little little nugget of information. Without the 4th of July, pretty sure you're not going to have Juneteenth celebration either. So one facilitates the other. By the way, I mean, I know, cause and effect. All that uh, thinking and, and linking things together logically is always, always a challenge uh, on the left. But uh, 
you know, uh, I would be fully in favor of having a Emancipation Day. Uh, we should celebrate that. How about we do it similar to what we do at the 4th of July? See, that's another thing. Everybody apparently assumes that the 4th of July, 1776, uh, all the founding fathers, all the people at the uh, Continental Congress, they just signed it, and that was it. It was all done and over with. It's all done. Um, maybe uh, if you skip a whole lot of history, uh, you find out that, uh, well, maybe it's not really how it worked. Um, it, uh, it was the founding. Uh, that was the document that then founded the United States. Um, they, it also took nine years. It took nine years of war. I mean, just, just the little pesky nine years of war. Um, which, you know, is significant. It's a, that's a significant thing. Nine years of war. Uh, and we don't celebrate the 4th of July. We don't celebrate Independence Day as the day the war ended, you notice. So, uh, in holding with that logic, I think we should have an Emancipation Day. Instead of Juneteenth, let's celebrate the day that uh, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. How about that? That I think that would be a good compromise for everybody. I think everybody can get behind that. And as uh, people that are on the right and people who do believe in at least the the uh, ideas or ideals of the Republican Party, we can claim it because yes, George, you know, because uh, Abraham Lincoln was the first uh, Republican president so we could we could have a lot i think we could get support for this i think we could because juneteenth just doesn't make a lot of sense as a national holiday it was a local holiday for i mean many decades um and because well that it's where it happens so it's not really it's just really strange to me i don't have a problem with celebrating i think we should have an emancipation day won't we do that that sounds like a good thing but too late now we have juneteenth so not everybody, not all of the uh, people are celebrated, just the ones that were on Galveston Island. And that, I don't know, seems a little strange for a national holiday. But hey, who am I to talk about it? And especially, um, there was one, and I did miss this before, like I said. I think it was the last episode. I had like two or three boards full of uh, clips and things to go through, and I just couldn't get through it all. But uh, here was a little piece that I missed, and this was all happening with the Juneteenth celebration. And uh, it's apparently Macy Gray, which I why why okay, I'll play it and then we'll talk about it. Macy Gray believes it's time for a new flag to represent the United States of America. In an essay shared on the stock market news site Market Watch, Macy shared what? her thoughts on why she thinks the current Career's flag going no great. longer represents the U.S. <laughs> and what it should be replaced with. She starts off her message by saying, quote, President Biden, Dogecoin. Madam Harris, and members of the Congress. The American flag has been hijacked. It's code for a specific belief. God bless those believers. They can have it. Like the Confederate, it is tattered, dated, what? divisive, and incorrect. It no longer represents democracy and freedom. It no longer represents all of us. No. Oh, weird. Okay, so let me talk about this really quick. First of all, we can go back to the Juneteenth celebration. Um... I just want to run this by you real quick. Um, if we could, you know, since we're talking about history and things that happen and then, you know, how this all works. Uh, what flag uh, 
were the people uh, fighting to free the slaves? What, what flag did they use? I mean, I'm confused. Which which one was it? What, what was that? What was it? Did they have a brand new, you know, fancy, smancy flag that they used? I can't remember. What was that one? <laughs> it was the American flag. Oh, that's weird. Um, that's a little odd. Um, it's, boy. So, uh, it's dated and tattered. I'm not really sure why it's dated and tattered. Um, you know, it has been a symbol of freedom all over the world. That's why... Uh, when you take like maybe the protesters in uh, Hong Kong were uh, waving the American flag and uh, singing the national anthem. And why were they doing that? Because it is to the world, by the way, not just to the United States, but to the world, the people that are fighting for freedom from a tyrannical government, uh, they embrace the images and the uh, flag in the national anthem. Why? Because it stands for freedom. Freedom. Isn't that weird? And why does it? Well, you know, we, we've told and we talk about a lot of it. Most people know most. Well, I can't say that. Okay, let me correct myself really quick. Some people know some of it. Let me just put it that way. Some people know some things. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I know in the past it used to be that most people knew most things about uh, all these uh all these historical facts and, and what it meant. And apparently that's not the case anymore. And we know why. Because of idiots like Macy Gray. Who listens to Macy Gray anymore? And why is she in Market Watch or whatever? I mean, career is going excellent. You couldn't get it in Rolling Stone or any musical publication considering you were a musician. Uh, but no, they're really hip to Macy Gray at uh, the New York Times, or not the New York Times, the New York Stock Exchange. I mean, they, she's there every day. You know what I mean? She's blowing it up. But I'm not really sure what you're going to do about the American flag. It has its symbolism, and it is what it is. And I'm not really sure why. Uh, well, obviously, I know why you want to change it, because you want to destroy it. Uh, I'm not really sure why either. I, I haven't to come to a uh, conclusion of why someone who has obviously benefited from being in America um, to a pretty good degree because I myself have never had a hit song and I don't get to live off of the profits of that uh, for the rest of my life. Um, most of America has to go to work every day, Macy. They actually have to put in hard work, save and, and budget and everything so they can just have a few nice things. Um, not all of them have been blessed with the upper end of the American dream, but we all work towards it. So this stuff just drives me nuts. It really, really makes me insane because it really makes no, uh, no logical sense. But um, that's really not the point. It's really not the point. The point is to uh, tear down everything. And uh, in that vein of tearing down everything, uh, we have the story of the week with Gwen Berry. Apparently, she's a hammer thrower. Yeah, that's a it's um, a ball attached to a, a cord or a chain. Uh, because I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I have... Uh, Hit my thumb many times while working on uh, worked construction for a while. Worked on uh, things using hammers for years, and trust me, I would challenge anyone after I hit my finger of how far I could chuck a hammer. Trust me, I have had practice at this. 
Um, but apparently it's a completely different kind of hammer. So pff, what do I know? Uh, and I'm not, unfortunately, I will have to admit, I am not super up on the uh, standings or, um, you know, all that with hammer throwing. But anyway, um, apparently uh, they had some qualifying because they're trying to get to the Olympics. And, uh, you know, she came in third. And so she comes out. She's on the podium. She's getting the bronze, I guess. Uh, and, of course, they start to uh, play the national anthem. And, of course, she turned her back and turned her head away, which really begs the point of why are you trying to get on the American, the USA Olympic team if you hate the country and what it stands for? But all these people have just been brainwashed. Here's her about a year ago talking about it. And what's really funny, I mean, you can't see the video or whatever, but the funny part is, I'm just going to preface it, uh, all the stuff she says is while wearing a USA team shirt with the flag all over it. And she's very proud of that because she's wearing it. You can't make this shit up. You couldn't. So here's what she had to say while wearing her Team USA American flag coverage shirt. So last summer at the Pan American Games, I threw 74 meters and I won gold. I remember the medal was so heavy and so real. I was excited. I was nervous. In that moment when the national anthem was playing, I knew that the national anthem did not speak for people like me in America. The freedom, liberty, and justice for all, it is not for black people. Something came over me. Why? I raised my fist. So you're a communist. I felt like I was not at peace with myself if I had not said something or did something in that moment. Okay. So uh, by the way, uh, why are you wearing the shirt? first of all and why are you competing for the usa team obviously you raised your fist that's the communist salute um you should check out china oh wait a second you're black they don't really like black people in china so you can't go to china uh russia um they usually do okay at olympic games on some sports uh they may accept you um they may be fine with you coming there um it's a little cold and they don't have all the nice things. You're probably not going to be able to, uh, I mean, unless you're the absolute best. Um, you may not be able to have a career the same way you are in the U.S. And what is all this about? All of it is about the same garbage. I mean, it's the same tired-ass uh, act. Same as Kaepernick and the rest of them. They figured out a way. They're scam artists. They know they're going to make... She knows. She just got third place, okay? She knows that there's probably a dwindling chance that she'll make the Olympic team. And if she does, she's probably not going to medal, okay? So, well, what do you do? Well, you need a new career path. You need some way to make a buttload of money and not really have to go and be like the rest of America and have to work hard, so what's the path to do that? Well, there's all these companies out here, all these wonderful woke companies now that pay millions of dollars for people to be their spokesman. And it's especially good if you trash America because many of them are beholden to places like, I don't know, let me think, China. And China is very happy when they can find people who really hate America. So at the end of the day, 
she exposes herself just in this video as a complete hypocrite. I mean, it's complete garbage. You're trying to game the system so you don't have to work that hard and make a lot of money. Okay, figured it out. Obviously, the flag and the U.S. doesn't bother you because you wouldn't be wearing the damn shirt, you moron. Such a moron. Uh, and we all know what you're doing. It's a gimmick. It was kind of like the same thing when, uh, you know, I, I liken it and some people find it offensive. I don't really care if you do or not. Uh, it's the same kind of deal. That, I mean, it's like the Ozzy Osbourne deal and, and Marilyn Manson and all that. They know where their bread's buttered. Okay, they're business people. They're like, yeah, I'll wear stupid crap and say insane shit and do crazy shit because it fattens my bank account at the end of the day. So, you know, it's just sad and it's tired. And it really, 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 um, it's just really tiring at the end of the day. But, you know, here's the problem. Here's the problem with all of it is because a lot of it is a lot of it is fueled. There are people out there that are true believers. Do I think this lady's a true believer? No, I don't. Obviously, she's wearing a Team USA shirt with a flag on it while talking shit. No, she's trying to get paid. Okay? She doesn't actually believe it. The people that actually believe it are the people that aren't that bright or aren't that um, into like actually checking into things. And they just believe the the party line. They go along with it. And it comes from garbage uh, like the CRT garbage. You know, that's that's where it comes from. And stuff like this from the Washington Post talking about white shame. Being embodied anti-racist culture does not exist among white people. White people got to start getting together specifically around race. White accountability groups are really helpful in terms of having a place to process, having a group of people whose responsibility it is to call me on things or to challenge me. We're unpacking wrong things that we've been taught in history class. I realized that I needed to go back and unpack and reorganize everything that I had learned because it was completely through a white lens. I, I have to uh, uh, challenge this. What did you learn wrong in history? I mean, I'm sure it was a lot. And I'm sure if you learn the actual history, you're not going to have that same opinion at all. Not even close. If you learn the actual facts about things that went on, you're going to find out that there was some really horrible things that happened. And some really horrible people attached to them. But you're also going to find some amazing people that just, they don't even make people like that anymore. That stood up against odds that you wouldn't believe. And they had a backbone. And they stood up against overwhelming odds. And they triumphed. There is so much to unpack. That's why I do love history. I absolutely love it. Because, unfortunately... The two sides of the historical thing sometimes gets so out of control because you have people on the left, you know, the Howard Zens, the communists who just want to tear down America. They find any any negative whatsoever and they just amplify that and say, see, America's horrible. It's terrible. It's awful. And then you will have some on the other side that just ignore everything bad and say, well, no, it's all good. And you really have to take the good with the bad, obviously. We know that. You're finding the truth somewhere in the middle. 
the the thing is about it though is if you read you find these amazing people and these amazing groups of people that really just i mean against overwhelming odds and really uh push things forward and uh and did things that no one else in the world has ever done i mean it's just amazing so i challenge that very much most of us in doing this work have experienced this where there's a period of deep shame for being white and for acknowledging the harm that our ancestors have caused and that's a very legitimate piece of this work not my ancestors maybe yours i don't know and does it really matter are you your ancestors are you from the past did you time travel are you the reincarnation? Are you telling me you're the reincarnation of somebody who did something horrible hundreds of years ago? You see, here's what bothers me. The one thing we don't do in this country, the one thing that, well, it's more than just the one thing, but one thing that is really, really apparent from all of our, all the ideas that set forth to make this country, and the one thing that we do not do here, that they do around the world in many countries, many, many countries around the world, many ideologies around the world, we do not do blood guilt. Blood guilt or blood association is what caused the ovens to fire up in Germany. That is what instituted things like Jim Crow in the South when you start talking about basically blood guilt. Or what they do in somewhere like Korea, North Korea, or China. You know, your great-great-great-grandfather was a landowner. That makes him a horrible person. Now his entire lineage is tainted by it. This is all communist propaganda. That's what it always has been. That's how they keep their, you know, proles in line. You're never going to move up. You're never worth anything because, you know, 100 years ago, uh, you had a family member that said something wrong, so now your whole family is tainted. It's blood guilt. We don't do that. Absolutely goes, it is antithetical to everything that is America. That's why this ideology is absolute crap. If you believe in this ideology, you might as well take the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and wipe your ass with it because they mean nothing. You are literally just spouting mal Marxist, Stalin, all these people, you're spouting their garbage because that's all it is. And it is garbage. What the hell do I care? What the hell do I have anything to do with anybody who lived 400 years ago or, you know, 150 years ago, 200 years ago? They're not me. It doesn't matter. And that's what people have to wake up to. It doesn't matter. No more do I have anything to do with it than you have anything to do with it. The fact that whatever happened, I mean, personally, I'm quite, quite Irish. Well, many of my ancestors that came here weren't treated very well. Does that hold me down? No, because I'm not them. It, this stuff is so easy. It's so easy. But of course, you have people like this, like the Gwen Berries, who said, well, hey, you know what? There's a lot of stupid people out there that believe this garbage and not can really make a lot of money off of it. And there's many politicians who figured it out a long time ago. I mean, these people aren't true believers in any of this. It's a way to make them money and give them power. 
a perfect example of how you use Marxism to enrich yourself or give yourself more power is this little clip from Ayanna Presley talking about infrastructure. This is how Marxism and this stupid ideology can get you a lot of power and a lot of money. This is about human and physical infrastructure. Progressives in Congress have been uh, leading this fight. Care economy is infrastructure. Climate justice is infrastructure. Housing justice is infrastructure. Transit, public transit uh, justice is infrastructure. And so these bold investments must be made to support workers and families in order for us to have a just, equitable, and robust recovery from this pandemic. All the buzzwords. All the buzzwords, all the communist buzzwords you can use. Equity, justice. It, it's so disgusting. That's all it is. I mean, just get your little red book out, you know, make sure you pray to Mao or whatever the hell, you know, and get your little red book out and spout the little party line. Oh, we got to have um, housing justice. I mean, you're just attaching stupid words to the end of shit to make them sound like they're a real thing. They're not a real thing. Housing justice. Here's one problem. You know, we get into all this, you know, you get into the, you know, America's bad and and uh, now we have to have housing justice, which um not really sure how that works. Uh, essentially, the reason that no, none of this stuff is ever actually, uh, you know, trotted out to what it actually means is the fact that you somehow want the hardworking people who don't own a home or property. Most of them are going to be renters because you're going to be taking uh, a whole lot from the working class. Or if they do, they're working to be able to afford their mortgage and, and what they've been able to achieve. And you want to take their money and just give it to someone who doesn't do those things. And somehow that's justice and the problem is obviously you run out of other people's money that's the whole problem with socialism to begin with is at some point you run out of other people's money to spend and uh you know it's man it is just such a weak stupid idea it's it's terrible terrible but yes we have all the justices we need to get to the housing justice the climate justice all the justices we got to have all the justice everywhere everywhere there's justice and then, you know, I think I've played this before, but uh, what's really, really important. Now, I need uh, Buttgig, Pete Buttgig there, who's the transportation secretary. He's got to figure out what roads really are. Okay, he's not sure. He's not sure. He knows they're bad. He has figured out they're bad. And uh, go along with the whole uh, justice and racial thing. You just really, really have to figure it out. So here he is telling us that roads, I mean, they're racist. The interstate system was built to keep certain groups in and certain groups out. So it was built right. on a racist system, correct? Yeah, often this wasn't just uh, an act of neglect. Often this was a conscious choice. There is racism physically built into some of our highways. Oh, okay. So the roads are racist. Can I help correct the record? One of the reasons people are probably kind of confused, why are they attacking the interstate highway system. Well, it's because the interstate highway system was brought to being by a Republican, Eisenhower. Okay. And uh, even though it did help greatly with commerce and connecting the U.S., 
It did that. No one mentions the reason why it was the idea behind building all these interstate highways. And uh, so we skipped that part because apparently it's racist. But uh, unfortunately, no, that's not the case. Uh, it was built to uh, in case that there was ever a, uh, you know, a major war, you know, with uh, Russia. Because we're talking about this is the build up to the Cold War here. We're talking to Eisenhower starting to build up for the Cold War and, you know, nuclear, you know, global nuclear conflict. And the whole point was to be able to move military personnel, missiles, all that efficiently and quickly to any part of the country that would need that would need to happen at any point to have this large infrastructure, real infrastructure. See, this is what real infrastructure looks like. Uh, and that's why the interstate highways were... Uh, planned out and put out there um what they have to do with racism they never quite get around to that but hey you know who needs who needs it you know because we all know everything everything is racist everything is racist even roads roads are and i'm wondering you know it doesn't you know i kind of thought maybe they thought uh roads were racist because many of them are black but then i remember most of the interstates are concrete so oh maybe that's it you know concrete does look a little white maybe that's the key they're white supremacists and that's why they made them out of concrete it's because they just love that white that's what it is. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Figured it all out. I guess the biggest problem with believing in all this and then you start to, it starts to infect everything. Everything you do, everything. And so uh, I don't know if you uh, caught this. Uh, NASA uh, has now, uh, they've started a new mission and it is not to get to outer space. It is not to discover anything new. It is. Here you go. <laughs> At NASA, we're on a mission of equity, launching opportunity. Equal opportunity to challenge and inspire. To learn and thrive. To reach those we've never reached before. To use science, data, and technology to advance equity. To shatter boundaries. And break down barriers across America. To create a better future. We hope you'll join us on this mission. Well, that sounds terrifying um, because I don't know if I've made this clear enough for everybody. Does everyone know what equity means? I know it sounds like equality, but it isn't. And the other people that are con seriously confused about equity that thinks that somehow equity means that we're all going to be living like, like Bezos or Musk, um, you're wrong. You're very, very wrong. So what equity is, is the uh, they claim it's just leveling everything. So everybody's at the same point. Um, everybody has the same opportunities. That would be equality. That's not what this is. Equity is taking the base level of existence and putting everybody there. So that way no one's further ahead than anyone else. It takes the most miserable outcome because... To raise everybody to the highest level is absolutely impossible. Everyone knows this. 
everyone has has ever tried to experiment with this anywhere around the globe any of this garbage has ever been tried reaching everybody to a uh upper middle class or uh you know a higher class existence doesn't work it never has it never will it's not possible so what's the alternative for equity well it's make everybody miserable give everybody a crappy life then nobody can be upset about it because well i mean you know not the dear leaders you know they're not going to have that miserable equity existence no you have to praise them you have to praise them and worship them uh for giving you the most meager existence that's where equity leads and it brings me to this story that just really blows my mind um so uh there's some people upset at the the USA basketball team. Uh, I mean, I guess someone made the co- uh, the comment that, you know, they have a token white player. What? I mean, I just want to let all these sports teams know. All the people that are, you know, the LeBron Jameses, all this garbage that's going on with the sports being all woke. The last thing that you want in sports, not only you, but all the people that enjoy watching sports, the last thing any of you want is equity, period. Sports are a true meritocracy. If you're good, you move on. If you're really good and you work hard, you can get to the pinnacle. Equity says, I don't give a damn. You're taller than everybody else and faster than everybody else. Well, you can't be in it anymore. You have an unfair advantage. It's holding these other people down. So you either have to run slower, make less shots, or you just can't play anymore. And if you want true equity and true diversity, well, you're gonna have to cut a lot of uh, you're gonna have to cut a lot of black players because, especially in the NFL and NBA far more black players than there are white players you don't want true equity because you're gonna lose your job just thought i'd let you know let you in on the little dirty secret of how equity works i know these people are out there blasting and just blowing and blowing about equity because they think equity is for everyone else or they're like lebron james and you're just another fraud like gwen barry and the rest of these fraudsters the rest of these hypocrites who don't believe a goddamn word of what you're saying you don't believe a word of it. You just want to make more money and you want to profit off the misery of others, especially for LeBron James, namely the people in China that, you know, just are slaves, which I, I, that's a terrible word, isn't it? Really weird how that works. Very strange how that works. These people are just frauds and you got to stop paying attention to them. That's the whole thing, because that's why the Democrats are winning at a lot of these issues. That's why they're getting these things through, because they keep you distracted with morons like this. And everybody's fighting over, oh, that's stupid. That's crazy. How can somebody say that? Oh, it's awful, blah, 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 blah. And then on the other side, you get all the people going, oh, it's brave. It's amazing. It's so. I mean, they're using both sides while they get to uh, destroy and rip off America. It's... It's just very tiring. All right, got to take a quick break. I will be right back. Rated the worst. Losing the most bags. Shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left? To distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs, 
Doug Parker, American Airlines. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. Is constantly political. Why? Cover. Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike. Stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians is getting political, attacking Georgia's popular voting law. Why? To distract from years of dismal sales, terrible 2020 results, reports suspecting they benefited from forced labor. In China, Coca-Cola products are poisoning America's youth and worsening the obesity epidemic. So the company tried funding phony science to minimize the harms, but they got busted. James Quincy, Coca-Cola, stop poisoning our children. Serve your customers, <laughs> not woke politicians. All right, and I'm back. A um, couple last little things I'm going to put into the um, uh, into the uh, racist portion because you know everything is racist. Um, number one, uh, I don't know if you heard about this this week. Um, there was this crazy uh, you know nationalist that shot a cop and they had to go hunt him down on the compound and uh, they had all kinds of guns and weapons and. Uh, they were spouting, uh, you know, anti-government sentiment and, oh boy, you know, I mean, you just can't imagine that, right? I mean, I'm sure everybody would be right on that. And I mean, since we've heard from Biden that, you know, that these are the kind of terrorists we're looking for. Oh, wait a second. You didn't hear about it. And the reason you didn't is because it was a black nationalist um, that uh, killed a cop or shot a cop. And then ran to the uh, compound of the, uh, uh, what the hell is this called? I have no idea. Um, something about the Not Fucking Around Coalition. All right, that sounds like a great group. Um, sure, we can all get it behind that. Yeah, it's part of the new Black Panther Party or Black Panther group, I guess. Um, and yeah, and they didn't arrest him uh, right away. Uh, they let him go back to the compound where they found him in a treehouse. I mean, that sounds wonderful. Uh, a lot of guns, a lot of ammo. Um, these people are uh, very anti-government and want to kill a lot of people, uh, especially uh, cops and, uh, you know, probably just whitey in general. Um, you didn't hear much about it. And uh, it's kind of funny because they framed it as he, not to disparage the groups because these groups are fine. These groups don't cause a problem at all. It's those crazy white supremacists that are running everywhere. Uh, they're the ones with the problem. But this guy was just a lone wolf. That's what they said. They said he's just a one-off. I mean, I know there's a bunch of people on a compound, but he's just one-off. None of the rest of the people act like this. Well, we'll see. We'll see. And, hey, at the end of the day, um, the way uh, our country works, uh, these people are allowed to do what they're doing. As long as they're not out, you know, shooting people and killing them, um, they can believe in whatever they want. And that's, um, you know, that's, that's fine. You know, just don't, uh, you know, just don't try to bullshit me. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of lost for the week. And, uh, it is, it is just unfathomable that this stuff goes on. And, uh, another thing that sounds really strange. Um, apparently there was a report that came out uh, from the FBI that it's really strange that white supremacy is the biggest terror threat. 
Why is that strange? Well, because, see, they had an office for it. See, back in the day, you know, you had to fight the KKK and you had the Justice Department so they could get rid of, uh, you know, groups like the Ku Klux Klan and stop lynching and all that sort of thing. This was what was going on. And it was very, very important and a huge amount of work to do. Well, the problem is in the past several years, quite a few years, um, they didn't have enough of it to even warrant having an office for, uh, you know, white supremacy hate groups at the FBI. The FBI literally said, well, we just don't even have enough work. We're going to have to disband this whole thing because we don't even have enough work for them to do. But don't worry, the government will find plenty of work to do now. Uh, just checking in on all the people that, you know, are on social media that are Trump supporters that believe in the Constitution, uh, don't believe in critical race theory. <clears throat> all these people will be, uh, you know, checked on now as white supremacists. And if you're wondering why, you know, why that would happen, well, government agencies, uh, they're really, really easy to create new agencies. It is damn near impossible to ever destroy them. And that's what the deep state's all about. Once they're built, well, it's damn near impossible to ever eliminate them. And that's why we've been in certain stances, certain things for years and years. Eisenhower talked about the uh, uh, military industrial complex and how, you know, it was going to, you know, cause all kinds of problems because you can't destroy it after you've built it. And it just feeds itself. And that's what all these things do. They have to feed themselves. And, you know, these federal agencies, people are getting money. They're getting millions and millions of dollars. And, and they're funding this that gets millions and millions of dollars. And the thing is, they don't want to give up on that. And so, therefore, they fight back. And that's why you get stuff like the deep state. So, last night, uh, I happened to check out Tucker. Because I really don't watch anything else on Fox. I don't. Uh, very rarely do I ever, unless there's like a breaking news story or something, I might turn it on there. <clears throat> Other than that, I, I catch Tucker a few times a week. And uh, it was, uh, he had the strangest announcement. And this should terrify people. I mean, this was really bizarre in the middle. I mean, you know, uh, I'll just have to play it. It was just really, really... Uh, Really kind of creepy. Within the U.S. government, who reached out to warn us that the NSA, the National Security Agency, is monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take this show off the air. Now, that's a shocking claim, and ordinarily we'd be skeptical of it. It's illegal for the NSA to spy on American citizens. It's a crime. It's not a third world country. Things like that should not happen in America. But unfortunately, they do happen, and in this case, they did happen. The whistleblower who is in a position to know, repeated back to us information about a story that we are working on that could have only come directly from my texts and emails. There's no other possible source for that information, period. The NSA captured that information without our knowledge and did it for political reasons. The Biden administration is spying on us. We have confirmed that. This morning we filed a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request, asking for all information that the NSA and other agencies have gathered about this show. We did it mostly as a formality. We've also contacted the press office at both NSA and the FBI. We don't expect to hear much back. That's the way that usually goes. Only Congress can force transparency on the intelligence agencies, and they should do that immediately. Spying on opposition journalists is incompatible with democracy. If they are doing it to us 
And again, they are definitely doing it to us. They are almost certainly doing it to others. This is scary, and we need to stop it right away. So, yeah, that was the announcement in the middle of the show, which is really, really, uh, that's creepy. It is, and it's scary. And uh, really what it comes down to, I think, is uh, a lot <clears throat> lot to do with, with the uh, uh, the January 6th story that he ran and, and a lot of the other ones. I mean, he hasn't made a lot of friends. Uh, let's be honest, he hasn't made a lot of friends at all in the, uh, not just in the new administration, but a lot of the higher ranking members uh, in Congress, you know, on both sides. He's been very critical, which he should be. And that is the epitome of the First Amendment. That is the epitome of the First Amendment. And uh, like you said, the NSA, you know, uh, is not allowed to spy on Americans. Uh, it is illegal. And usually what happens is they farm it out to, oh, hang on, wait a second, uh, the FBI. And of course, you know, there's many dutiful people in the FBI, especially when he starts talking about, you know, their informants and everything else that were involved in January 6th. Then you go back into these other stories that, uh, you know, started to come to light. I uh, wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure all the people at work at Revolver are under surveillance right now. Uh, they're putting a list together because their <clears throat> their latest story about uh, the uh, different things that the FBI has been involved in just will blow your mind. And uh, I'm sure we're going to get into some of that when we get back. Needless to say, some of the biggest events and tragedies that have happened uh, over the past several decades, uh, the FBI has not only been aware, but has been involved in one way or another. It is, it is disgusting, but anyway, we're going to move on to the uh, next thing, which is climate, which obviously we're hearing a lot about it from the, the government, but you're hearing a lot about it right now because of the weird weather pattern that's going on right now. It's really hot in the Northwest and it's all blah, blah, blah. They're just melting in the Midwest or in the Northwest. And, you know, which is really odd because the whole middle of the country is uh, actually kind of cool and been raining for a long time. I believe they just call that uh, weather patterns. Isn't that weird? Um, you know, weather happens. I hate to tell you. Um, but of course, that's, you know, be they're beating the drum. Because if we talk about it and say, hey, listen, you know, it doesn't seem to be getting colder. It doesn't seem to be getting hotter. It seems to be the same uh, basic uh, thing year in, year out. Just, you know, some differences here and there that always happen with weather. They say, well, weather doesn't equal climate. They're not the same. And then they turn around and say the exact opposite. So uh, that's how you know they're full of it. So this was interesting, uh, finding some of these... Uh, some of these interesting things that are going on. And I watched uh, the interview with Steve Coonan, um, who was Obama's uh, energy secretary. He worked for the Obama administration. He was involved in a lot of the things that got rolled out. And uh, if you're wondering, first of all, we're going to address the equity that we've talked about and everything else, the whole thing about justice. That's the, that's the, that is the buzzword. Justice means equity. Okay. Now you got to figure out their lingo. Justice means equity. They're going to try to uh, crapify everybody's life, except for theirs, because they're the ruling class. So they're always going to be taken care of. They're going to be like the monarchy or the, you know, the emperor or the, you know, supreme leader and that whole class. I mean, they're going to be well fed and, and have all the luxuries. Just everybody else has to sacrifice all theirs. And if you don't believe that's where it was going, it's been going that way for a really long time. Here's Obama talking about just that thing. Now, he doesn't call it equity, but this is the epitome 
of what that means. Here we go. Uh, drive our SUVs oh, and, you know, you know, eat as much as we want and keep right. our homes on, you know, 72 degrees at all times. And mm -hmm. uh, whether we're living in the desert or we're living in the tundra. Right. And and, and then just expect oh, right. that every other country is going to say, OK. I'm so that's what it comes down to. Now, you know, this was stuff that bothered me back then. I didn't have a podcast or whatever. Anyway, this was stuff that would really bother me. He's saying, well, you know, you Americans, you proles, I mean, you can't expect to be comfortable in your homes. You can't expect to have drive whatever car you want. You can't expect to just eat whatever you want just because you earn the money and can afford it. We're going to make it out of your range to be able to buy it. So only us elite can have those sort of privileges. You're going to have to suffer with the rest of the third world. Okay, that's what we need to turn the rest of the thing. Everybody else has to be down on that level. You can't be having your thermostat where you want. I mean, you're paying the bill, but uh, that bill is just going to go up so far that you can't afford to even have air conditioning. You're just going to have to go outside or maybe have a fan. You know, oh, of course, I will have air conditioning and I'll have the best of everything, but I'm dear supreme leader. Don't you understand? I have to be taken care of. It's just like John Kerry saying, well, how am I going to fix the planet if I don't have my personal jet? To fly me all over the world and tell everybody what terrible people they are for flying in jets. And everybody goes, oh, okay. Okay, I don't I guess. Nobody seeks these people out as absolute frauds, liars, and hypocrites. They just want power. They think that somehow they're going to transform this country into a third world country with them and their party as the supreme leaders just living high doing like kim jong-un does in korea watch the people die in the street as long as i'm fat and fed and have all the pleasures in life that's what i deserve because i am god that's who these people are absolutely so uh steve coonan worked for that uh absolute garbage of a human being as president and uh, he had some real uh Real interesting things to say about uh, about the climate change. Here you go. Idea that human behavior is causing more extreme weather, droughts, hurricanes. You're smiling. It's a fiction of the media and the politicians who would like to promote that notion. When you look at the actual data, and what I've written in the book is a summary of the data and the official science as written by the IPC, the UN, and the US government, there are no detectable human influences on hurricanes over almost a century. The heat waves in the US are no more common today than they were in 1900, and the warmest temperatures have not gone up in the last 60 years. Rising at the grand rate of one foot a century, we can go into the details of that, but it was rising the same if you go back 60 years ago. So there's a lot of natural variability in the system, and it's very difficult to untangle or discern human effects in extreme weather. Yeah, so it's really interesting, and I love that. Now, remind you, this is Steve Coonan, who worked in the energy department with under Obama. And uh, you should check out the interview if you can see it. It was him with Tucker doing an interview uh and it's just really amazing. He's done a lot of other interviews where he talks about the same thing. And he says, yeah, the planet's getting warm. Uh, basically, we don't know how much uh, human, I'm sure there's some in, human influence, but we're not really sure if uh, how much that it is. 
and that, you know, basically the same thing that everybody else is saying. If you actually want green energy, you're going to have to go to nuclear. None of these others are even feasible. And at the end of the day, they're nowhere near green. They, they're just a destruction of resources. And all they do is serve to make other people insanely rich, hurt the regular person in America, and really make us uh, less developed than the, uh, you know, the rest of the world. And, uh, it's just really, really crazy. Um, there's another part of this interview, uh, that was really interesting as well. Actually, I think I played those backwards. I should have played these clips first and then let him rebut them. But these were basically the clips that he was, uh, referring to. This is Pete Buttigieg who earlier told us Pete Buttigieg told us that roads were racist. They're really not racist. In the United States, transportation is the leading contributor to climate change, contributing to a pattern of extreme weather events, which takes a severe toll on our infrastructure. Every dollar we spend rebuilding from a climate-driven disaster is a dollar we could have spent building a more competitive, modern, and resilient transportation system that produces significantly lower emissions. Right, there was that, and then responding to Biden. Today, I'm pleased to announce a team that will lead my administration's ambitious plan to address the existential threat of our time, <clears throat> climate change. Folks, we're in a crisis. Just like we need to be a unified nation in response to COVID-19, we need a unified national response to climate change. And from this crisis, from these crises, I should say, we need to seize the opportunity to build back and build back better than we were before. Right. So basically, Steve Coonan rebutted that and said, listen, you know, there's no uh, no evidence whatsoever. None that uh, humans are having any effect on uh, on extreme weather events. Uh, in fact, we've actually through uh, learning from, you know, from extreme weather events, we've actually made our infrastructure stronger. Uh, less people die from them. Uh, less damage is done because we know how to mitigate it. And they're, you know, no more frequent than they ever have been. And that does tie back into what we're talking about with the Northwest this week. Yeah, they're having a heat wave. Those happen. Sometimes droughts happen. And he uh, he uh, goes on to talk about that. He said droughts are no more common than they have been. Floods are no more uh, common than they have been. It all averages out. It's all about the same. And there's another guy that's uh, very, very... I find him amazing. Uh, Patrick Moore, Dr. Patrick Moore. Uh, he he goes through a lot of these things, and and I find him uh, very, very interesting about all this. But it's it all goes back to the same premise of equity. Of equity. You have to tell everybody that, hey, listen, you, you're going to have to give up. That's what it's all about. It's all about that incremental eating away at your freedom. That's what it, it, it all encompasses. Giving up your freedom giving more power to the central government and allowing them to take over everything. What do you think defund the police is about? They know that, they, that society can't function without some form of law enforcement, but they don't want the local police involved. It needs to all come federally. That's why they want federal elections. You know, you can't let the states have their individual things. See, the states own the U.S. The federal government does not own the country. That's something that people, I guess, get confused about. You see, when you, you live in a certain state, the state owns land. 
and the state runs that land. The federal government doesn't. You know, there are federal lands, and, and we've talked about the terrifying uh, proposals coming from the Bureau of Land Management about owning 30% of the U.S. land by 2030 and 50% by 2050. That is terrifying because, you see, they don't own it. They don't own it. They are allowed to govern over it by the consent of the people, but they don't own it. it this is so fundamental to what we are talking about when we talk about the American system, the American ideal. And uh, they hate all of it. They want the central government to lay claim to the entire nation, to lay claim to every piece of land, to lay claim to uh, controlling you know, what you do, how you do it, when you do it, when you're allowed to do it. This is all communism, fascism, whatever label you want to give it, it's the same ideology. It just breaks down different ways. It all breaks down to authoritarianism, period. And they are trying to get it. They want it so bad. They cannot stand it, and they have to try to go after it every way possible, whether that's through the infrastructure bills. Well, we're just going to have to take all this land. we got to build a new road that's not racist. You know, we got to go build this new green thing here. One thing I found really interesting was uh, I actually watched part of a Michael Moore film uh, right before I had to duct tape my head so it didn't pop off. Um, but it's really interesting. It's called Land of the Humans or something like that. And, uh, yeah, I really didn't care enough to find out. It was just interesting because it was recommended to me to watch part of it because it's very, very enlightening because it actually just destroys the whole green energy system. And it's because the green energy, the, the, you know, taking away of meat, all this is just ways for corporations to make an ass ton of money. That's what everybody needs to realize. First and foremost, do you think Bill Gates gives a shit whether you're healthy or not? No, he wants most of the earth's population to die off anyway, because he looks at the planet like, you know, that uh, human beings are a virus, which is really odd because pretty sure we are, um, huh, pretty sure we are mammals. We are animals. We are of the natural world. We, we were created on this earth the same as all the other plants and animals. Isn't that weird? It's very strange. So why are we the virus that needs eliminated? You'd have to ask Bill Gates because he's a crazy psychopath. But, um, why are people like him getting in on all this? Well, it's obvious they they want control, they want power, and they want shit tons more money. That's what it's all about. So this this movie actually goes through a whole lot of it, and it gives a really really stark outlook on what all this uh, green energy is about. Uh, unfortunately, I disagree with his conclusion because his conclusion is much like Bill Gates. I guess they're big uh, homeboys or whatever, and they think half the people should die, which they're headed in the right direction. I mean, if you're headed into communism and authoritarianism, that is, as we know from history, the number one way to start reducing population uh, because it is the most deadly form of anything we know on this earth. Uh, other than uh, some kind of cataclysmic uh, co uh, comet or meteor strike to the earth or some absolute uh, cataclysmic um, uh, natural disaster, uh, the next leading cause of death, especially for people, is um, um, communism, socialism, authoritarianism. That's, that's the leading cause of death, by the way. 
uh, hundreds of millions, you know, have died at the hands of it. Why? Because it doesn't work. And like we said, it's equity. Well, all those uppity people that have better than everybody else, well, you got to kill them because they can't stay around. You just got to, you know, make everybody miserable and people need to stay uh, stay in line because miserable people want to, you know, they want to change things. And so they sometimes get out of line. You got to kill them. And, you know, anybody that has the wrong ideas, well, you got to kill them. I mean, it's a long list and that's how it always works out. It always has, always will. And uh, so that's the conclusion they come to. And they're headed in the right direction. You know, communism is a great way to kill uh, tens of millions of people. It's been proven it's a good way. So they're headed in the right direction. But what is really interesting is just because it exposes what we all knew to be true, that these things don't really work. They're not efficient. They don't do what they're supposed to do. Um, They're not even close to being green in any way, shape, or form. It's all a lie. And that they're going to cause much more harm than good. They're going to be an environmental disaster. And of course they are. Because the problem is, is, how do you put this? When you think about only the air and you don't think about the actual earth, apparently, which is what they've they've gotten to, uh, humans are a fungus, a virus that need to be eliminated and thinned out on that planet. That's the first conclusion. Second conclusion is it's all about the air and the temperature. Who gives a shit about the ground or the earth and what you're actually going to do there? That's basically the conclusion that these people have come to and are running with. So who cares if you have... Uh, you know, highly toxic batteries that you're going to have to dispose all over the planet. Well, that's not a big problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it kills the earth and, you know, is really going to poison a lot of people and stuff. But that's fine because we want to get rid of people anyway. And what about all the windmill towers? Uh, They're only going to stay around maybe 20 years and then you got to tear them all down. And what are you going to do with all that? I mean, that's a whole lot of steel that was made with a whole lot of coal and a whole lot of mining. And you're just going to have to do it all over again. And, uh, well, that doesn't sound real efficient. Well, that's no problem. Um, I mean, this goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's just like this, this brilliant idea that uh, the the Biden administration comes up here, Saki talking about what they're going to do with all this infrastructure to help the climate. People across the country, people who care deeply about addressing our climate crisis know the components of what's in this package, which the president considers a down payment, not the end, a down payment. So 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations nationwide. That's what this would help support with a focus on our highways and rural and disadvantaged communities. It would help buy more than 35,000 electric school buses. Wonderful. 500,000. Electric charging stations for your electric cars. That's wonderful. That's amazing. You know how many gas stations are in America, by the way? Just to throw this out there. We have 150,000 gas stations. Yeah, that's, yeah, 150,000. That's, yeah, right around a quarter of what they want to build in electric charging stations. Here's the, 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 I mean, they don't want you to look any for, more, further past that. You know, well, there's going to be electric charging stations everywhere. Um, How are you going to, well, hold on, guys. How are you going to power all those electric charging stations? <laughs> Primarily diesel and coal. Oh, well, I'm glad they're green. Isn't that wonderful? Now, from personal experience, because, you know, uh, just uh, I don't, I can't elaborate in any way, shape or form because um, of, different things but and you'll understand i have a personal knowledge of how these vehicle parts get made and uh yeah some you know some have to do with tesla i I just hate to burst everybody's bubble they're made out of steel and plastic too 
you need fossil fuels for all that. So the only thing you're saving is gas, but then you're doubling the amount of electric charging, which is powered by fossil fuel that's going to charge all these new electric vehicles. So, so what are you saving? Oh, hold on. Nothing. That's what you're saving. You're saving nothing. You're going to eliminate a huge part of the economy right now because, well, there's the large parts of it you're not going to need anymore because everybody's going to have electric vehicles. So most of the mechanics right now that make their living, you know, with the knowledge of working on, you know, standard combustion engines, I mean, they're going to be out of work. Uh, until they learn how to work on the new vehicles, which, you know, that's going to be more cost, more capital has to be invested for them to learn and in shape, and some will be too old to do it. And uh, that's just one, and gas stations won't be needed anymore. But hey, we got all these electric charging stations. Well, now, wait a second. If the government's running all those, um, does anybody pay for all that electricity that's going to be used? Well, yes, of course. We'll all pay. We'll all be paying for it. That's why it's in a government bill. We're all going to pay for this wonderful electricity that's going to be made by fossil fuels primarily because we don't have another great way. Well, we do, but nobody's going to sign on for nuclear. And uh, then the battery. Oh, we can't talk about the batteries. I mean, how do you make the batteries? Well, you mine very toxic. Uh, oh, mining again. Oh, boy, I'm glad we're getting away from all those that pesky stuff like destroying the planet with mining and stuff. Boy, I'm glad we're getting away. Oh, wait a second. No, we're not. We got to mine all these rare earth minerals. Well, that's weird. Where do you find these, by the way? Where do you find a lot of these rare earth minerals? Oh, China. Oh, okay. So we're going to enrich China and implode ourselves, destroy our economy. And what are we going to get out of it in the end? Let's let's answer it. Do we have any hands? Do we have any hands up? Oh, what are we getting out in the end? Um, nothing. Nothing. They've even admitted it. Well, it's not really going to do anything. Well, what is it going to do? It's going to enrich a few billionaires that gave to our campaign. They really support us and they really, they don't have enough billions yet. And so we need to give them billions more so they'll keep giving us money and keep getting us elected. Once you figure all that out, you realize what it is. It's all a scam. Unfortunately, is the climate going to change on earth? Uh, guaranteed. Absolute guaranteed. Uh, why do I know it's a guarantee? Not because of Al Gore. Not because of any of these idiots like Michael Moore. No, I know it's going to change because it always has. It's changed throughout the history of the earth. It's always had some change. Works in cycles and seasons and everything else that we all know. It's not cataclysmic. That's why there's people like Bjorg Longbore, who just wrote a uh, book called Apocalypse Never. Why, you know, talking about, yeah, these things are real. And there are some things we might be able to do about it. But at the end of the day, it's not catastrophic. And, and Steve Coonan here does the same thing. He goes, well, what you really have to do is a cost benefit analysis. That's what we really have to figure out. That's part and parcel of everything we do every day is what's the cost of it? And are the benefits going to outweigh the negatives? And when the answer is no, then you go, well, then that's not what we should do. But that's not what we're doing. And it's absolutely insanity. And all we are accomplishing is making the rest of the world 
much more rich, much more powerful, and hurting ourselves tremendously for no other good reason. It is is self-destructive. I don't know. I really don't know why we do this. And it is really important. It is very important because the drum is going to, the drum beat is going to get louder and louder and louder. And they yell these things with such certainty, such conviction. And what I like about so many now that are speaking up, like uh, Steve Coonan, like Patrick Moore, like uh, Jorg Lombor, they come out and say, hey, listen, most of them were in the environmental movement. All of them were. Patrick Moore was the founder of Greenpeace. Uh, Steve Coonan was uh, the De- uh, Secretary of Energy under Obama. Bjorg Lombor was uh, was a climate activist uh, that was given awards by Obama. And these people are coming out saying, yeah, I mean, climate change is real. And the fact that the climate's going to change, how much people have to do with it, we have no idea if they do or how much. It's probably some. And none of it is apocalyptic. And in a lot of ways, most of it's going to be positive for many of the people on earth. I mean, many of the people. And the other thing that I found really interesting that a lot of them talked about, and I didn't have a sound clip of this, but they talk about that a lot of the apocalyptic picture that you get is because they say, well, the earth's going to warm. So everybody assumes that, you know, places like Florida or, you know, South, you know, Central America or whatever are just going to catch on fire and start burning. And they said, well, that's not true. The, the throughout history, the way they've uh, tested different samples and done these studies that the equator never really changes much at all. Near one, two degrees and not a big deal for the equator. It's basically that whole area, you know, take Arizona, for example, Arizona isn't suddenly going to become 200 degrees and catch on fire. It's still going to be, you know, 110 in the summer and maybe now it'll be 112 instead of 110. What is going to change is the poles and the northern and the extreme north and the extreme southern is what's going to change. And what happens is more life can exist and life can flourish even more. And that's not just human life, but plant life, animal life, everything can then thrive and actually become a healthier, happier planet in some ways. So there's a lot of these things that, uh, but the problem is if you say that and you go along with that analysis, well, how's Bill Gates going to sell you all kinds of fake meat from his 300,000 acres of farmland that he owns? I mean, he's got to feed you some garbage that he makes up. Why the hell would you buy any food ever engineered by Bill Gates? That's a good question. I mean, if Windows and the history of Windows and its problems are any indication of uh, his uh, prowess for making uh, digestible products, let's just say that uh, I'm not looking forward to that uh, whatever the hell substitute he's coming up with for me. But that's that's another point. I mean, that's obviously what they're doing. It's just like Al Gore. He sold green energy to everybody. Why? Because he owned, you know, owned parts, all these companies, and he made, you know, a billion dollars from all of it. It's all about the money. All about it. So, anyway, moving on for today, we've uh, discussed our climate. We've discussed uh, the racism. Uh, here's some Vaxer stuff. Uh, i got to play this terrible pro-Vax uh Video, it's just bad. Here you go. Oh gosh, no, don't do it. Don't do, don't, please don't do this. No, they're doing it. 
It's terrible. If you wanna hang with me, I'll give it to you. Easily. You just need to get that shot. I'm gonna Getting hurt immunity is good for the community because biology is high. I'm definitely now, going to puke. Wow. Keep it up, babe. Mm. If you're tired of wearing this and listen to the scientists and sign yourself up today. Yeah. You want to <clears throat> be with your baby. Your new grads on <clears throat> Get vaccinated. You qualify. <clears throat> get straighter by it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you, Pfizer, Moderna, J and J, even you, no. AstraZeneca, roll on up your sleeve, get vaccinated. You need Pfizer, Moderna, J and J, it's okay if it's AstraZeneca, roll on up your sleeve, get vaccinated. So can you imagine? Can you imagine what people would think if you did this for anything else? People be like, man, what are you doing? You're still, that's big pharma. You're just shilling for them. Why would you do that? All the lefties would just go lose their mind. Their heads would explode. But uh, no, no, it's great. It's great. And of course, now that we have the Delta Scariant coming around to terrify everybody, I hear that California's talking about maybe going back to masks now because of the Delta Scariant. I just don't, I can't, I can't. Uh, but there is some really downsides. Now, uh, I will have to say, uh, before I may play this uh, Make-A-Wish thing, they have come out and said that they're not going to stop anybody from, uh, not going to stop granting wishes for kids if they don't get vaccinated. The only problem is, I mean, you're not going to be able to travel or have large gatherings, so I don't know how that helps with your Make-A-Wish if people want to travel somewhere or have a get their family around. Uh, but they said, no, no, we're not going to um, discriminate against anybody. This sure sounds like you're discriminating. Make-A-Wish America. Yeah, we know. And over the past year, we spent each day at Make-A-Wish preparing for the moment when every possible wish could safely move forward. We've approached this responsibility with a focus and diligence for your family's health and safety. Aww. Now, we've consulted with doctors and medical professionals throughout the National Medical Advisory Council. And we've been monitoring public uh -huh. health organizations like the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics. <clears throat> and based on their collective guidance, today we're making a big step forward and delivering hope to you, oh. our wish kids, and our wish families. I'm excited to share that Make-A-Wish will resume granting air travel wishes within oh, cool. the United States and its territory, right. as well as granting wishes involving large gatherings for vaccinated wish families Excuse me? as soon as September 15th of 2021. What was that? All wish participants, including your wish kid and any siblings, will need to be two weeks past completion of either a one-dose or a two-dose vaccine. Oh, no. While we won't ask for proof of vaccination, we'll ask for any adult participant to sign a letter of understanding mm -hmm. that certifies that they and any minors participating in the wish are vaccinated and understand the risks of traveling at this time. Yeah, so that's a little bit of a problem because, I mean, I don't know if you know what Make-A-Wish is about, but usually those are terminal people, that they're the terminal kids that are going to die. Um, and there's really no turning back from that. And so I'm not really sure. That's um, just a horrible thing. Uh, it's sort of the point of what you're doing is to grant wishes to people that don't have a lot of time. And so uh, I'm not really sure what you're worried about. If you are vaccinated, then I'm not really sure. I haven't figured that one out yet. But uh, they're getting backlash, and, and which is justified. It's justified backlash, and they really, really uh, need to uh, make a – they really need to 
turn course, and I hope they do. They're starting to back it away already. Like I said, they put out a statement saying, well, we're not saying they have to get vaccinated, and then they put it in the small print that, you know, we're not going to fly you anywhere or do anything like that unless you are. Um, yeah, that's one of those things. Uh, it needs to uh, needs to be walked back. It definitely needs to be walked back. Okay, so I got two little tag-ons here before I do the final thing, which is really cool. I'm, I'm going to play uh, at the very end of the episode. I'll do everything else, and then I'm going to end the episode, the reading of the first part of the Declaration of Independence, because it really needs to be said, especially going into the 4th of July. Uh, but uh, real quick, I got a couple more clips here to talk about. It's really funny. This is... Um, this is a really funny clip that I found of somebody talking about cancel culture and they're justifying it. The funny part about it is they make their they make the opposite point. They self-own right in this clip. It is great. Check this out. Say the yeah. free speech is on the line. You're not allowed to say anything, but that's not actually no, that's what's happening. Sure. People are able to speak their mind and say what they believe. The question is, how is the marketplace going to respond? Exactly. How is your audience going to respond? So in the specific case of In the Heights, when yeah. people are saying, well, what more do you want, right? You made the founding fathers black, and now people are still giving you a hard time. The neighborhood that The Heights is about, which is about half a mile from where I live in Harlem, is majority Afro-Dominican. So imagine making a movie about Greenwich, Connecticut with no white actors. Yeah. People would say, make that make sense. Um, why don't you make sense? Do you hear what you just said? She makes our point for us. In the same speech, she's like, well, you made all the founding fathers black and now they're giving you a hard time because you didn't put enough black people in the the Dominican thing. You used way too many Hispanics in the Hispanic movie and you should have added more black people. And then her point is, well, if you made one about a white neighborhood and you didn't make them all white, then, you know, people would ask what you're doing. Hold on. Didn't you just say he made all the founding fathers black? I mean, this is the dumbest shit ever. And this these people think they're making such a brilliant argument. This is why I don't I don't even feel the need to debate people on these things. I don't have to. You just tied yourself in a knot and explained your own shit. Why do I need to explain it for you? All you have to do is play back what you just said and it all makes sense. It's dumb. And you know it's dumb and you can't defend it. So that's what you get. And this one happened yesterday. This is so funny. Uh, we Spa apparently is a big spa in Los Angeles, and it's supposed to be kid-friendly, family-friendly, all that good stuff. And uh, apparently uh, a guy said he identified it as a, as a woman, went into the uh, female uh, changing area or whatever with uh, underage girls and women and just proceeded to get completely naked and let his junk hang out. And uh, nobody's allowed to say anything. Nobody should say anything. But one lady decided uh, she was sure as hell going to say something. And this is epic and it is great. Check it out. It's okay for a man to go into the women's section, show his penis around the other women, young little girls underage. Your spa, we spa, condone that. Is that what you're saying? Like I asked. It's so he, he can stay there. He can stay there. What sexual orientation? I see a. It lets me know he's a man. He he's a man. He is a man. He is not no female. He is not a female, sweetie. Okay. Girls down there, other women who are highly offended for what they just saw, and you did nothing, absolutely nothing. In fact, you sided with him. Yes, 
Yes, they did because, well, that's the point. People gave such a hard time for a long, long time about, well, if you normalize this activity, then they're going to come after kids. If you normalize this activity, then they're going to force it on kids. And everybody was called bigots and racist and whatever name they could come up with. You're just a horrible, awful person because no one would ever take it to that extreme. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. How many times do you hear that about every argument when it came to anything sexual? It's not about that. Nobody's talking about kids. Nobody. We were always going to protect the kids. The kids are always safe. Nobody wants to hurt kids. Oh, wait a second. Did you just say little underage girls had to see a full, uh, full-grown man's dick hanging out? Oh, that's fine. He identified as a woman that day. Oh, that's fine. Oh, that's 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 not sexual. That's that's no kind of sexual thing. What the actual fuck are these people talking about? I just can't. I can't, I can't, but I like it because she came right out and said, Oh no, no, I saw the dick. It's not a girl. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. <laughs> I thought it was great. When somebody speaks obvious, it makes my heart uh smile. So that was great. Um, I had a little bit more, but I'm going to uh, cut it off here because it is running long. Like I said, I won't be back until after the 4th. I'm going away. and going to try to enjoy. I hope you have an amazing 4th and enjoy it with your family, friends, whatever. Make it enjoyable. There is a great reason we celebrate the 4th of July. And uh, we're going to hear some about about that here in a minute. Uh, first, I want to remind everybody, we are on every podcast platform there is. Let friends know. Please rate, review, subscribe. It is free. Just let you know. Uh, let's me know and lets them know that you like what you're listening to. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, the ratings uh, are huge. The review, uh, well, it doesn't really matter what you say. The stars are what what matter. And anywhere I'll let you give stars, please give it five stars. It will make such a huge difference. Uh, share it. You know, share the links, let people, other people know and more people listen. It just builds this thing bigger and bigger. And I can move on to bigger things and, and do more investigation and get interviews do all that sort of thing so it's all about building and and getting to that uh plat that plateau that's what i'm looking for is the next plateau so uh and it it does help and it means so much if you want to get a message or send a question anything like that you can do so on facebook it's at eric's america pod uh it's on facebook uh go to the website eric's-america.com you can actually check out the podcasts on there uh you don't have to worry about any of those platforms if you don't want you can go and listen to them directly there they're up a couple hours actually after they're put up on spotify they'll be up there on the website and if you just want to send an old-fashioned email if you can figure that uh confounded thing out <laughs> you can do so it's ericsamericapod at gmail.com and i'm going to end today with uh, someone reading the uh first part of the declaration of independence i wish people wrote like this today boy it'd be amazing people don't write like this anymore and actually i think it's kind of sad because it is beautiful writing and just to let you know um you know I just think it's amazing, but uh, we're just going to listen to the beginning of it, and I will see you after the 4th. Here we go. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. 
A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such forms as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world.